down a log out. So what's been going on, Sam? Why are you so tired? Just go about gravity. Anyway, yeah. Don't stop. Do I? It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Please explain. Um, I'll check. Hello, Sam. <laughs> you right? You've trimmed your beard. No, stop doing my bit. You've trimmed you, your beard, haven't you? You've generally trimmed your beard. Trimmed it. No, I haven't. I said that because you keep saying it to me and it's not nice, is it, when you... When you, you have you have been trimming your beard. I haven't. You have. What? Why would my beard look like this if I've been trimming it? Because it's, it's not as long as mine. So you've definitely trimmed it. Well, yours has gone all over the place. Before I've been brushing it, but I definitely haven't trimmed it. I'm not a liar, Jack. I'm far from it, my friend. You've trimmed the side. I don't like it, though, and I don't like this challenge. I don't. Hey, we're not even halfway. Yeah, and I've, and I've got to work all through summer mm-hmm. in a sweaty-ass kitchen with a beard. Yep. Well, Shave yeah. it off, then. Nah, because I don't want to give you the satisfaction. <laughs> I'm growing it to Christmas regardless, mate, whether yeah. you cut it or not. Yeah, I'm going to keep it. Well, I think you're going to lose. And then we can shave it at Christmas. But we'll probably be far too attached to it then, and they'll just know us as the Beardy Boys from now on. We'll have to change the name of the podcast. Dare the Beard? Dare the Beardy Boys. <laughs> anyway, um, how you been? Good, mate. What the hell was that? Anyway, so. Uh, sorry, Siri. Sorry, Siri just got involved. Um, so what have you been up to mate how you been how's Very you been, good, been? are you alright yeah all good mate Yeah. happy days living the dream been dipping a lot lately yeah yeah well I just got back from a little trip up to the mighty north yeah you just spend a lot of time up there at the minute well, I love it, but do you know what is, is it the place you love is it it's, um, <laughs> it's another little trip to the lakes this past weekend who'd you go with um, on the Saturday we went to who um, <laughs> my um, my beautiful lady her name is Rachel she's excellent uh, she will do the podcast at some point yeah. um, she's actually very inspired um, she's listened to a few episodes and um, she's got an incredible story to tell um, mm. still a lot of it is ongoing at the moment mm. but um, she's quite inspired to have an impact on other people who have had the same experiences as her that's, um, that's my kind of person and I, and I think she'd be absolutely fantastic at it as well yeah. so I uh, that's, yeah. that's what I love uh, people that use their experience to help others that's what we try and do and that's what what she's going to do she, yeah and she, she definitely will come on once once everything's kind of set yeah there's no rushing her own she, time she, she will definitely come on and, and share it I know she will um, but yeah we, we had a great time the Saturday was beyond productive we went um, so first we went and done Helvellyn so that's my second time at Helvellyn but we went across the scary route which mm. is called Stride and Edge which is like a big long stretch where you've you haven't got a lot to play with and there's like sheer drops either side so that's that's quite a sounds very romantic quite quite a lot of scrambling and the weather was pretty bad as well so um, we didn't have a particularly fun time no Conventionally, I fucking enjoyed it because I really I love that sort of stuff. But um, <laughs> got all the way to the top of Helvellyn, uh, worked our way down, um, and then we proceeded from there to go to beautiful Grasmere, 
another yes, little yeah. another little town in the Lake District, um, and we went to the best gingerbread shop bakery in the whole entire world. It is just unbelievable. Um, house. Genuinely, it's the best tasting gingerbread I have ever tasted in my life. Really? Fucking absolutely phenomenal. Um, and then just next door to that you've got this lovely little daffodil garden with like a walk with all these names that people have like paid to have like little um, stone slabs there's like a walkway and all the stone slabs are like names and where the people are from mm. um, that's the Wordsworth daffodil garden if anyone wants to google it um, but it's very lovely um, Grassmere was a really nice place and then from there we went to Keswick and we done Cat Bells, which is another fell in the Lake District. Um, got to the top of that, um, and then that was our day. And then we drove drove back to um, Hexham, just outside Newcastle. So I've got no right to moan about how tired I am. No, <laughs> absolutely not, mate. Yeah, that's a very productive day. Uh, we've done a lot, got some mountains done, and um, yeah, it's bright as our birthday as well that weekend. So. Um, we ate a lot of food and we celebrated and um, it was brilliant, really good. And I'm going back in another week or so mm. for my birthday. Um, <laughs> but yes, so um, yeah, good times, mate. More mountains done, more mountains ticked off and um, yeah, more to, plenty more to do. So um, yeah, busy, busy times, mate. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm in a good place. It feels a lot more positive. Work. It's been busy the last week or so, but I've, I've managed it okay. And just keeping those boundaries, like not extending like my time outside of my working hours and mm. not kind of getting too attached to things and just um, letting things play out. You, know, you can't always be responsible for everything. Sometimes people, other people have to pick up things and, and do that and yeah. can't do everything. So Absolutely. Um, otherwise it just affects me and I ain't doing that. Yeah, I like that. And you meant it as well. I could see it in your eyes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, who have we got coming on the show today, Sam? We've got Tommy. Tommy! Tommy on, yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought it'd be interesting to get him coming on because um, he's six, nearly seven months sober. Mm-hmm. Um, he reached out to me at, at the start of his sobriety. Yeah, he reached out and I reached back and we. Clung on, didn't just get with. No, but he reached out, took him to a couple of meetings, and he decided they weren't for him. The okay. the rooms that I go to weren't for him. Yeah, but he still managed to stay sober, which is why I wanted to get him on because okay. yeah. I think it's important, and there'll be other people that want to get sober but might not necessarily want to get sober the way I did. Of course, so, yeah. I think I think um, in contrast to the last couple of guests that we've had, yeah, um, who are very much driven by the same sort of style as you, yeah. going the, and you know going to the rooms and yeah, yeah. and discussing things. Yeah. So yeah, I, I want to get more people on with sobriety stories and then people that have got sober in different ways and also also people that drunk in different ways. There's some people that that are in sobriety that didn't necessarily hit a rock bottom yeah. I think I want to get more more people's stories on like people that are, that were just having a couple of glasses of wine a week but knocked down alcohol and everything there's all different types of drinkers and, and there's there's all different people in different different recovery groups like Tom Tommy does a lot in the gym I believe there's there's me I go to rooms and stuff there's an online community where mm-hmm. people get sober um, Michael 
so so Michael. So Michael. Yeah, yeah. he um, he 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 didn't like AA either. He and it, but he found a community online of people and that. So it's interesting to find different people's yeah. stories. I always say there's some people that get funny with people saying they must do it this way, they must do it that way. What a load of bollocks that is! If, as long as the person's staying sober. Mm-hmm. Then who? What right has anyone got to tell them how they do it? Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, what are we all drunk in different ways and all took drugs in different ways as well. So who's to say that just because something works for you is mm-hmm. they've got it's the be end and end all of Absolutely, everything? Yeah. I'm very open minded to to however anyone gets sobriety, yeah. but I also think I can learn something from people that do it in a different way as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's just tools we can all learn from each other. Totally. Um, it's a very good episode. Um, he's only a young lad, and I was quite, I didn't realise he was going to be that young, and sort of yeah. how it all started from when he was very young. So mm. um, it's very inspiring. Um, please enjoy the episode. Um, as always, like and subscribe YouTube and Spotify. Dare to talk. Uh, I am Jackie Boy Shep on Instagram. I am drum roll, everybody. I am dare underscore two underscore dip on Instagram. Got it right in one, everybody. Something working on it. (laughs) Dare to dip on Facebook. Excellent group. As always, half six weeks days down at the Felixstowe Pier. Half seven on weekday mornings. Um, Go down there, experience cold water. It will change your day and potentially your life. And your testicle size if you're a bloke. Sorry. So what you do? Sorry. I apologise. Enjoy the episode. Peace out! Hello, Sam. Hello, Jack. You good, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm good, mate. You? Yes, mate, I'm good. Who have we got on the show today? Me and you. <laughs> and Tommy Boy. Go. Yeah. Hi. How you doing, Tom? I'm very well, mate. Yourself? Very good, mate. Good. Very good. We we were just sat around waiting for Jack, really, weren't we? <laughs> just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got yeah. stuck, stuck uh, in traffic. I apologise, yeah, that, yeah. Literally, I just got past Trimley and then there was just this big queue of lorries. I thought, oh, yeah. fucking hell, I've never ever had that before yeah. coming here. I think so they've got uh, roadworks up there, haven't they? And that's probably what it was. Whatever it was, I had to do some manoeuvring and got myself out of there and yeah. then eventually made my way to here. I suppose the weather doesn't help either. Yeah. Pissing down with rain and people yeah, just forget to drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I was just saying to Tommy, I go off momentum. And yeah. I, when I stop and do nothing, my body just wants to go to Shut sleep. Down. <laughs> so I was like, sat down, I was like, sorry, Tommy, I'm trying. <laughs> got a bottle of kombucha. Got me kombucha, yeah, thank you, Jack. Keep the spirits up a little bit. We love this stuff, don't we? It's a live culture. Yeah, we've never tried it. I've never tried it, I've never yeah. seen it in my life either. Oh, yeah, it's no. beautiful. It's, it's good stuff. It tastes a bit vinegary. Do you want to try some? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think I do. It's a quiet taste. It's lovely. Anyway, I asked you to come on, Tommy. Of course. You're six months sober. Yeah, coming up to seven now, yeah. Yeah, coming awesome. up to seven. That's amazing, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, you Right at the early days of your recovery, we went to a couple of meetings together. You decided the, the rooms weren't for you, which I think is great to talk about yeah. that because you, you're still proof that you don't need um, them sort of places. 100%. To... So basically, obviously, I reached out to you, Sam, when I realised I sort of owned up to my own problems mm. and things like that. and. You, you said, you suggested these meetings, so I thought, what well, I've got to give it a go, do you know what I mean? I've yeah. got to try all these new things. Um, obviously to take my mind off it and speak my mind and see what best way to deal with my issues were. Mm. I attended the first meeting and I was shit scared like anyone would be, do you know what I mean? It's, 
it's a difficult situation to put yourself in yeah. to own up to your problems and things like that. Um, but obviously I took the plunge and I stepped through that door. I sat around with everyone else and I listened to everyone else's stories. Um, and for me, I wasn't quite there to sort of speak my story. I wanted to hear everyone else's mm. first because that's the first time I've ever heard anyone else with the same issues as me as such. Mm. Everyone has their own different story, but I mean, we're all there because of cocaine and alcohol and things like that. So, um, but like I say, listening to other people's stories were brilliant and it was an eye opener for me. But the thought of going all the time and keeping up with that was something that I couldn't do myself. Yeah. It wasn't because um, it wasn't gonna help, it was more so the thought of the talk of cocaine and the talk of alcohol actually made me wanna do it more. No, I get that. So, yeah. I mean, people like to talk about it a hell of a lot. Mm. Um, but for me, I've learned to turn the switch off and I've never really talked about it since I've become sober. Yeah. I'll say I have cravings and things like that, but I'll never really go into depth about how I started and yeah. what I loved about it and why was it so good for me at that time. Mm. Um, so for me, going to the meetings was not the one because there was so much talk of it. Yeah. So I needed to zone myself out and deal with this by myself, Yeah. which is what I've done and it's worked. It's interesting because I always say to people, well, it's, you can't do it on your own, which is why mm -hmm. I believe, but what I mean by that is probably that I can't do it on your own. So it's yeah. interesting to hear someone else Everyone say, Everyone is different. Well, I've kept an eye on you and, uh -huh. and, and see so now you're getting on to yeah. that and it's working for you. And we exactly. all drunk differently, yeah. we all use differently, exactly. do you know what I mean? So you have can to all find recover. another addiction. Yeah. It's that simple. And mm. mine was fitness. Yeah. I mean, when I looked at my body when I was using and things like that, I looked a fucking mess. And I really did. I looked unhealthy. My belly was hanging over my trousers. Um, I just looked ill mm. and I didn't like that and I've always sort of been into fitness when I was young and things like that I actually got quite jacked when I was younger yeah. in my teens and things like that and I, I loved what fitness gave yeah. but obviously from my time when I was using and things like that the fitness went out the window because I was too busy concentrating on the cocaine and the drink and having a good time mm. um, so obviously once it got to realisation that I need to fix up and sort myself out, fitness then came back into the, the equation because I knew it was good for me. Mm. It gave me the same sort of buzz as what cocaine did, but it, the buzz lasted longer. Yeah. Like I say, with the cold water therapy, that lasts throughout the whole fucking day. Yeah. Same as fitness. You go for an hour run and then lift some weights, you're feeling great for the rest of the yeah, day. Well, it's, it's moving the same chemicals exactly. around the brain, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. So I wanted healthy endorphins, not bad endorphins. Yeah. So I managed to do that and I've stuck to it good now for the, I mean, I started doing it when I was, um, still using yeah. so around six months I was still using but I was, but that was my first step into coming off it yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean so I started exercising more I started realising that I wanted to exercise and not party mm. so I went down the exercise route and then it got to a point where right enough's enough now I'm going to cut out the drink that's the game changer I can't be drinking anymore because that leads to cocaine yeah and then when, when I cut out the drink, I then cut out the cocaine with it, I then cut out my smoking, I then cut out the vaping. So it was step by step. It Ooh. wasn't all at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once I managed to do that, I've molded my brain to become something that I've always wanted to be. Whereas 
some people can sit there and they feel like they're not capable of something just because their mindset's not right. Mm. You have to fucking change that yourself. There is no one that's gonna do it for you. Yeah. You physically have to get shit done. It's, it's harsh. Mm. It's, sobriety is fucking hard. It yeah. is fucking hard. Yeah. And it's gonna be, I'm not gonna say it's fucking easy because it's not, but people have to sit there and fucking look at themselves and really decide what do they want. Do they want to die or do they want to live a fucking healthy life yeah. and see your family exactly. and feel great? Exactly, and I 100% agree with you, it's not easy, but no. I'll tell you what's fucking harder, mm-hmm. living in active addiction. Yeah, exactly, 100%, yeah. of course it is. I totally and, agree. I've got to say, mate, you look fucking great. Oh, I appreciate Compa- it. Compared to uh, as well, when I see you when you come to that meeting, mm-hmm. and you're right, you were skinny, yeah. you were drawn in, and yeah. the face was pale, the same as me uh-huh. when I went to my first meeting, but looking at you today, a different man, mate, so you should be really proud of yourself. I am proud of myself, and that's one thing I can admit, do you know what I mean? I yeah. can stand tall today, just six months down the line, to yeah. say I'm sober and I'm proud. Yeah. What's it gonna be like in the next six months, do you know what I mean? I'm yeah, only yeah. progressing from here now, yeah. so it's only gonna get better for me. So going back, to the start, how how did it how did the drugs all become a problem in that? So, like I said to you off um, mic in that, um, so it was mainly stemmed from. Let's go back to when I was in high school. Mm. Um, so I was a very shy, timid, quite a soft bloke. That when I, I got bullied quite a bit when I was in school. So, and the way I reacted to that was just, oh, it's normal. Do you know what I mean? Everyone gets bullied. Um, so I just dealt with it. I just cracked on and de- de- dealt with it. Um, but the elder I got, the worse it got. Mm. So from year seven to year 11, I was still getting bullied. And I didn't feel comfortable in myself. I knew something wasn't right and I was riddled with anxiety. But I didn't know what anxiety was back in school times. Mm. So I didn't really understand what was going on. But I knew... I was shy, I was quite weak-minded, and I I didn't feel right. Um, And then I left school, and I felt I had a lot to prove, because I've left all those bullies behind now, I've Mm. left school, I'm not around them, so I don't need to deal with them. So now I've got something to prove to them bullies, to show them that I can be someone bigger, better, harder, stronger. But I chose the wrong path in regards to Mm. proving myself as hard, strong, etc and I started mixing with the elder generation mm. someone twice my age I, like I say I was 16 17 at the time and I was mixing with a 30 year, year old maybe just a bit el- el- older than 30 um, and like I say he treated me the way I've always wanted to be treated so I sort of latched onto that um, and that was my way of reacting to People treat you like shit, but he's treating you well. You need to be around people like this, mm. which is what I done. And then I didn't think nothing of it, but um, the, my family started to realise that what, why are you hanging around with someone that's thirty years old? Mm. You, you've only just left school. He hasn't got any good intentions. And I said, "Far oh, fuck that! Don't, you're just chatting shit. Just because someone cares about me mm. doesn't mean they're gonna do me wrong." Um, but this 30 odd year old he was um, gave me a sob story quite a bit and he made me feel sorry for him and I wanted to help him Mm. but why should a 17 year old boy be helping a 30 year old man so he was telling me he's financially unstable 
I was an apprentice at the time doing some roofing and um, scaffolding. So I had some income coming in and things like that. And I said, look, I'm more than happy to help you out. He's like, I haven't got a phone or anything like this. Right, I'll get you a phone contract out. Um, so we got one of the top of the range phone contracts out for him in my name. Um, it then got to a point where he wanted to sort of change his life and get into the fitness side of things. So we got a catalogue, like a Littlewoods catalogue, and he maxed out on like weight benches and weights and things like this, all to go in his house. Mm. So he then had multiple catalogues and that racked up to around two and a half thousand pounds. And obviously he said, once he gets back on his feet, he's gonna pay me back and things like this. So I thought nothing of it. Absolutely fine, crack on. I'm more than happy to help you out. I'm a good human being. So that's what I done. Um, a few years later went on. Um, he built a relationship with me, as you can tell. Um, and then it got to the point where alcohol started getting involved. And then obviously one day he brought out a bag of cocaine and obviously when I first saw that I shit myself because I've never seen anything that hard of mm. drugs in my life like I say like I said to you I've never even smoked weed before so to see a bag yeah, of yeah, cocaine yeah. was something quite big for me especially at the age of 17 as well starting to get why he was a bit financially unstable as exactly well. <laughs> it made more cocaine, sense yeah. do you know what I mean um, but like I say I was kind of groomed into yeah. this sort of life and the peer pressure of him making me try my first line. Obviously, like I say, I was shit scared to try it, but I did because I wanted to prove myself. Like mm. I said, when I left school, I'm going to prove myself. Yeah, yeah. This is my way of proving myself. And you've been and groomed I've... into thinking there's someone you can trust. Exactly, control, yeah. exactly. Mm. He's given me everything that I bloody needed in regards to emotional well-being, yeah, yeah. but physically and kind of mentally fucked me, do you yeah. know what I mean? But it's I didn't took advantage of your kind-hearted nature. That, that's sort of it, stuff. but I, I didn't realise, I've only realised that I was groomed within the last year or two. Mm. Looking back, because I forgot about it, it was one of those things, but, when you're younger... Yeah, you do, you don't well, even think about that's it. That's the power of sobriety as yeah. well, you start to learn, I'm, I'm 18 months and I've only just started taking a look back exactly. at that, and you'll learn, you'll, you'll figure yeah. out more stuff as more you go that's along. That's it, exactly, well, like yeah. I say, now I've got a clearer head, six months sober, I've got a clear head, and I am seeing things now, do you mm. know what I mean? Things that I never realised were a problem. Yeah. But a lot of things are a fucking problem when you're an addict. Yeah. And you don't realise until you snap out of it. Mm. And you, you've got to do it for yourself. Yeah. You've got to be selfish yeah. in some senses. You do have to be selfish to get yourself into sobriety because you have to sort yourself out before you can help others. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's what I've done. Like I say, I've got two young boys and uh, throughout their whole life, Apart from this last six months, I was obviously addicted to cocaine. Um, so for after you'd done your first line, you oh, yeah. had, how long did that go on for? That, that, that went on until I was the age of 27. Yeah. And I'm 28 now, coming up to 29. And you had your boys in, in between that. And time. I had my boys in 2014 and 2017. Yeah. So that they grew up with me being an addict. That's all they knew. That's yeah. how they saw dad. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I obviously done my best to hide it a lot. Um, there were times where I was sober because like I say I wasn't an addict every day or well, well I was an addict every day but I didn't use every day so I probably used around three four times out of the seven days mm. so there were days where I was sober but then the majority of the time I was fucked mm. completely I was strolling in at seven in the morning my kids are downstairs eating breakfast 
Do you know what I mean? They're looking at me saying, what's wrong, Dad? And I couldn't fucking speak, so I had too much fucking Charlie. Mm. I, I'm staring at my kids, and they're staring at me like I'm a fucking stranger. Mm. And this went on until the last year, basically. So that's fucking hard for me to sort of accept. Yeah. And it makes me a bit emotional just thinking about it. Yeah, but Because of the effect I've had on them. Yeah, but like we were talking before, and you've come a long way since mm. then, and what you've got to remember is you, you were ill. Yeah, wasn't, massively, you know, massively It wasn't your Ill. fault, but you've done something about yeah. it, and now you're, you're a better father to them than you could ever 100%, and I can fully stand up and say I'm a good father now. Yeah. I wasn't, I was fucking disgusting. Do you know what it takes a man to admit yeah. that, though? I was, I was shit, I was shit. You've got self-awareness and recognise your mistakes and where you went wrong, yeah. and you're doing something about yeah. it. Exactly. It's, it's always good to um, look back to see how far we've come but you can't stay there too long because you just end up back there 100% you know what I mean? but you, you're doing all the right things now yeah like it, the, going back sorry to when you, yeah. you you was with your missus you're still with her now yes I am luckily yeah. like I say she, she shouldn't be there by now she shouldn't still be by my side mm. where, where did you meet? so <laughs> so me and my partner um, I met her at a house party um one night stand led to a baby. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> so that's it's quite a big thing, because um, I was nineteen when I had my first child and she was seventeen. So, obviously, we're very young parents, and obviously at that age, and I, I had her ring me basically saying, "I'm pregnant and you're the dad." But how am I to know that? Do you mm. know what I mean? How am I to know I'm the dad? We're, you're you're seventeen years old and I haven't spoken to you for the last month or so, how can I guarantee that I'm the dad to this child and why mm -hmm. should I step up? Mm -hmm. So we've done a DNA test. Um, obviously we waited till the baby was born because there could be complications and that throughout. But I stuck with her um, during the pregnancy and that because I thought it was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, but even that, our first boy, um, within the 24 hours of him being born, I was off my face on cocaine. I nearly missed his birth mm. because I was out of my fucking head. And she still remembers that to this to this day. Mm. And she has reminded me about it before as well when I fucked up. Yeah. And it's fucking hard. It really is hard. But like I say, when he was born, um, we'd done a DNA test, the old mouth swabs and things like that. And he came back, it was mine. Mm. Um, and I thought, right, fuck it. This is it now. Enough's yeah. a fucking enough. I'm I'm 19 years old. I've got a fucking kid. I've got to sort myself out. Um, that lasted all of two months, if that. Yeah. And then so he's two months old. We we've had the honeymoon period of a baby now. I've cracked on going back out with my friends every weekend, smashing in lines and going to house parties and then coming back at silly in the morning while she's trying to feed a fucking baby at night. Yeah. She's doing it all by herself, and she's raised this boy pretty much all by herself until his age now and he's nine um, and then obviously we had a bad patch two years later down the line um, and we broke up for around six months but we were still sort of like sleeping together in between and things like this and she actually fell pregnant again within this time mm. so that came baby number two which is my youngest and he's now six and I never stopped sniffing throughout his life not even for a month like the same again when she was going into labour I was pretty much off my face not long before she gave birth so these boys have grown up seeing me 
in a bad state and it puts so much fucking pressure on her mm. the, the, that's a lot of time nine years we've been together on and off mm. and she's had to deal with this of me fucking being unfaithful I've been there I've done that and I've fucked up and she knows it and I've, I can admit to certain things and, and like I say I've accepted it but I, I didn't want to do it it was just something in my head when I was doing cocaine that made me fucking do it yeah. I didn't do it a lot but she knows about the times that we have done it or that I have done it and things like that and why the fuck she is still here I don't know yeah, I have no woman. fucking clue yeah. but everyone kept saying she loves you so fucking much she really does and I can fucking tell do you know what I mean well, she could probably see that there's two versions of an addict there's the addict bloke and then there's the, the good one below yeah, him and, 100%. and some people are good enough to see see who you really yeah. are and, and, and can look beyond the illness yeah. and see and then she's probably hoping that you got to where you are now that is it so I kept saying to her every time I was fucking on a come down I was like please just wait around for me I said I promise I'll get better mm. do you know what I mean because I kept saying it to her and it got to the point where my parents didn't even know about my addiction at this point yeah. and so she kept it a secret for the best part of I don't know until two years ago so I was around 10 years sniffing cocaine she kept this all to herself mm. not even her mum knew her friends knew and things like that but parents wise she's, she said enough's enough now Tommy I've got to tell your parents mm. I said you can't fucking do that you can't ruin my life like that she hasn't ruined my fucking life mm. I did yeah. do you know what I mean so she should tell my parents and since she told my parents that's when things started to get bit more easier for me believe it or not a weight off your shoulders it not, was not living a double life yeah I mean when they first found out that they, they basically called me a scumbag you're dirty and things mm. like that and that fucking hurt mm. do you know what I mean that really hurt but then they started to realise what has brought him to this and why was he an addict and why does he feel like he needs to do it and things like that mm. and I said mum it's nothing to do with you dad it's nothing to do with you I've made this decision on my own so don't feel bad mm. and she, she goes right we'll do whatever we need to do to make you better mm. and and they have they, they financially supported us as a family and I can't thank them enough I really can't yeah. like they shouldn't even be around for me anymore because mm. of how much I fucked them over is mm. that the turning point for you? It, I think it was that was the switch mm. that was the switch I couldn't do it instantly but that was the very very start did you have this fear thinking that they would just abandon you if yeah. you went to them for help before yeah 100% I think a lot of people have that initial fear and people that uh, who want to give it up now and go to their families for help are too worried but mm. in my experience and listening to your yeah. story my own and other people's not one family have turned their back on the not other. one uh, not one so I think we live in this fear where we feel like we can't go to mm -hmm. our families when in actual fact we you can really all go can. to our families really yeah. can yeah don't, don't ever feel that you can't mm. because I, I wish I stepped up to my family member do you know what I mean yeah. it shouldn't have taken my partner to do it yeah, yeah. I should have owned up to myself and well you owned it. up to it in the end and you owned exactly. it exactly you know I mean? and, and it has made my life easier from what I've been gathering from what you're talking I think you've got great self-awareness mm -hmm. but you've got the ability to be honest to where yeah. you've fucked up yeah and I've yeah. literally I've built it myself yeah. no one else can build it for you it's got to be yourself and you've got to want it that yeah. bad 
Yeah. If you don't, you ain't going anywhere. You're staying in the same rut. And everyone, everyone makes mistakes. Some people make more than others. Me mm. and you are living proof of that. Exactly. But, but yeah. it's if you carry on making these mistakes for the rest of your life, yeah. but what you're doing now is making a positive change in the 100%. right direction. And yeah. you're sharing your story so people can prevent making the same ones. Yeah. I'll, I'll take my hat off to you. I'm not say this is the first time I've ever shared it as well. So yeah. it's all new to me. This is, but like I say, it's another step yeah. into going out of my comfort zone to actually make me feel comfortable. Yeah. If that makes sense. Definitely, mate. It does, and it and it's 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 therapy as well. Like I was saying to you before, sharing your story mm-hmm. and that you 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 just said before you're learning stuff through yeah. through your recovery. Uh-huh. You'll learn a lot more, especially by opening up and talking and sharing with yeah. other people, and that. that's why. Personally, I found the rooms good for myself to speak to yeah, other people. Yeah, of I know some people don't, and yeah, and yeah. and everyone's got to find their own path with it. But, 100%. but whatever path, I would recommend people communicate yeah, with, yeah, yeah. with someone about it, whoever yeah. it may be. You need that person to, yeah. to confine in. There's and, things and out there. there. There's people out there. It's just finding what works for you. Yeah. What, like I say, that I walked into those meetings. I knew instantly they weren't for me when I stepped into that room. Yeah, you looked uncomfortable. Got, yeah, but I gave yeah. it a try. Yeah, exactly. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah. You've got to fucking give these things a try yeah. because it might be for you. So you could step into that fucking room one day and then all of a sudden your life changed from day one. Yeah. But yeah. for me, that wasn't the case. But, yeah. And that's all right. And, you know and I mean? at different stages of recovery, there might be a time in my recovery where I come out of them. Mm-hmm for a bit yeah yeah hell yeah well, I'm not recommending anyone yeah, does no. that but there might be a time later on down the line you yeah. think oh well, I want to go in and get some extra support for these if you're at a different stage exactly. you can mix your own recoveries yeah, yeah. up and everything yeah. you've just got to know what, what everyone knows their own mind better than anything exactly well well, we that's like right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's a fucking bold yeah. statement. Yeah. 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 yeah, but you know, you know your own mind more when you're in recovery, and, yeah. and I think you've got to find things that I've found um, a great fucking sober community on Instagram, and, yeah, and, and I get just as much from people on there as what I do in the meetings yeah. and everything. And it's just that understanding of exactly. the people that have been through the same thing. Yeah. When when I went at it alone, I. I had all these questions and I, and I was asking them in my head, but I didn't know the answers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't have been asking the fucking That's questions. It. Exactly. But when I went into the rooms, I asked these questions out loud, and people that have got twenty-seven years, thirty years, fourteen years mm-hmm. sobriety, they had the answers for yeah. me. So I learned. That's where the growth yeah. come from. And know? it gets fucking easier. It really yeah. does. Yeah. It really does get easier. And it gets better and better. Yeah. It does. Life yeah. is fucking great. How much has your life improved since you? Mate, honestly, things? when when I was like in my bad state and things like that I thought the world was against me and I wasn't fucking getting anything out of life mm. and I thought that's just why the way it was so that's why I carried on doing what I was doing but until I got sober within the first month I started to see changes already mm. maybe within weeks I started to see positive things coming um, I even got new jobs offered to me that I never thought would ever be offered to me mm. Um, my financial situation changed massively um, my whole persona and everything around me was just more bright yeah. and that, that generally is a fact uh, my whole head was so clear and wasn't fluffy anymore I just walked through life like it was easy yeah. and I mean things are even just improving now Like um, I've always dreamed about being a personal trainer and things like that and it's something I never thought I'd be able to achieve because you've got to be super fucking fit, you've got to be knowledgeable, you've got to do all this. 
but two weeks ago I passed my level three qualification as a personal trainer. That's amazing. And this is within the six months of my sobriety. Yeah. So now what I'm looking to do, even with my fitness and my qualification and my current knowledge, I know what it can do for your head and what it can do for people. So I'm like offering help to people that are struggling and want to get into sobriety or are in sobriety and don't know how to deal with their problems or need to find another addiction. Mm. I'm giving like their first training session free just to give them that boost, do you know what I mean? To get stuck in there. Yeah. I want to be able to provide for people that really are stuck in a rut and don't know where they're going in mm. life because I know fitness can give that to them. Yeah. I mean, it's up to them whether they want to try it or not, but that's out of my hands. Yeah. If you want to fucking crack on and do it, then I'm here to help, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But like I say, everything in life now is more achievable. And it happens quickly as well. I think, quickly, that's, yeah. I think that's what a lot of people hesitate to to get out of addiction because they're sat sat there thinking I'm fucked I'm yeah. financially mm. physically and mentally massively yeah but it, it don't matter how fucked you are nah. like you for mm-hmm. example me with sat here 18 months ago fucking shit loads yeah, of yeah, debt yeah. everything yeah. but in a short amount of time and you in a short amount of time yeah. have switched it around 100% you've got to start just make the first couple of steps it's, in it's goals it's setting those fucking goals but have a big goal but have loads of little ones yeah. to build up to it yeah, and, and then you start ticking them off and you, you lose the little goals as stepping stones yeah. to jump yeah. towards the big and ones I tell you, like I say my, my big goal was to become a personal trainer mm. I've, I've had like six months to do that in so when I, from day one, I said, right, I'm gonna fucking get into this fitness, I'm gonna be a personal trainer. Mm. But I set loads of little goals. So for example, I'm gonna go for a walk today for an hour. And that was fucking hard for me because I didn't really wanna go out, it was shit weather and things like that. Mm. I didn't wanna go out, but I made myself do it. Tick, that's a goal. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I've ticked that off now. Well, it's self-discipline, isn't it? It is, it is. It's something need... we've clearly both uh-huh. struggled with in the past. Yeah. So Jack's not so much. <laughs> You've got very good self discipline. <laughs> He's always up a fucking mountain whenever I ring him or, or running a marathon. He still answers. <laughs> well, he doesn't when he's in the car. Though, it's, no, it? yeah, yeah. it's just those change of habits, though, isn't it? Yeah. I, suppose, I suppose your habits and lifestyle is very different in the last massively, six months massively. than previously. Yeah. Um, I suppose friendship groups as well. Gone. I haven't got any. No friendships, but like you I say, change, you change those positive peers to hundred percent. Like um, I, I had quite a few so-called friends. Um, so I mean, when I chose to become sober, I lost out on a fucking lot because these these were my friends. You know what I mean? They cared for me and things mm. like that in certain ways. We we were there to help each other out when needed at certain points. But their mindsets were different and they wanted different things to what I wanted. You can't mix with people that want different things, especially if they're negative. Yeah. So I had to cut every single one of them out. I mean, I still speak to one, like one of them, which is a really good friend. He, he still likes a drink and he likes the odd sniff and things like that, but I won't ever meet up with him again, not until he's out of that stage, because I know if I meet up with him, that's game over. Mm. You, you sort of outgrow people, don't you? You do. Oh, that's you do not, it's not in yeah. a disrespectful yeah. way. I no. always, I always like to think of it this way. I'm over here doing my thing. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully, like the door's never fully shut. No, and they, if they want they to come over in. here and, and change Hell it, like, yeah, I'm there for I'm there. 
Hell yeah. But I ain't going back that's through exactly that door it. myself. That's exactly you know it. So it. people that don't come through that door, fuck them. It's you know the law of attraction as well, said it yeah. a lot. But you you, you, you draw, give in what you fucking draw yeah. out and there's no coincidence. When you're drinking and taking drugs, you're around people doing the same. Exactly. But when you're not, you're, yeah. and, and you're trying to be an inspirational yeah. character and do better with your life, yeah people will come into your life that and they do like, like I say like yeah. just you reaching out to me yesterday Sam yeah. that was massive for me because I, I've never thought anyone's gonna invite me anywhere yeah. to do stuff like this and speak about my story well, we, do you know what I mean yeah. it's, it's just one of these things because I've always been a fucking scumbag or something like that That to me personally yeah. well I think you're an inspiration mate thank and, you. and I honestly mean this mm-hmm. and I'll say it on fucking tape mate yeah, you've yeah. always got a friend in me thank right, you very mate? much and, and I'm on the same journey mm-hmm. as you yeah, as well of course. so if yeah, you're yeah. ever struggling mm-hmm. you reach out and my phone, I will 100% phone will and I know I can come to you which is massive 100% mate yeah. that's what it's all about it's like sometimes when we, we go on this mission to try and help other people mm-hmm. we forget sometimes we need it ourselves exactly and that. So yeah, yeah. always there and we've got something in common because we've both fucking got the same nut of on course. our shoulders do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. definitely exactly um, you're you're going to be doing your fitness and everything mm-hmm. but before then I wanted to bring up because you saved the geezer's life in your last job didn't you you got an award for it yes right? correct I got a Royal Humane Society award from the head of police and social services so I worked for a company that um, cared for 16 to 18 year olds that were in care um, they, they're either sexually abused by parents or drugs, um, gangs, violence and all this stuff. But like I say, only 16 to 18 year olds, what mm. I was, mm. do you know what I mean? Um, but this young boy, he was 17 years old and uh, he, he was having it tough. He had a mum that neglected him. He's recently just sort of finding himself because he was gay or he thinks he's gay. Mm. Um, so he got bullied quite a bit, just like I did. Um, and he didn't know how to deal with his actions because he didn't have no role models apart from his staff members around him. Yeah. So, for example, me. Um, so, obviously, we tried to help him out as much as we could, but there was only so much we can do in regards to professionalism. So, um, he, he was very alone, and he lived in the complex of up to eight rooms, and he had one of the rooms. Um, he was currently on hourly welfare checks anyway because he was on suicide watch Um, so I mean I think it was around one o'clock in the morning I was on a night shift Uh, me and my colleague um, we went up to his bedroom to do our usual welfare checks we were already done five previous and everything was fine Um, we knocked on his door um, because there was very loud music. We were t- trying to get him to turn it down as such because it was like one in the morning. There's other residents trying to sleep. Um, there was no answer. Um, we have a master key for all, all rooms. So we went in, um, obviously because he's on suicide watch, is quite important. We need to sort of let ourselves in. Um, and then once we got in there, it's only a small room and instantly we saw his bed and there was suicide notes spread out everywhere and he wasn't to be seen in his room. Um, but those rooms have en suites, so it's got a little bathroom and a shower built in. Um, and there was loud music playing, suicide notes everywhere, and then his bathroom door was locked. So obviously our first thing to do was go to the door, give it a knock, try open it, locked. Um, and then there was no answer for him apart from we heard like some gagging sounds and things like that. So 
we thought it was just being sick or something was wrong in that sense um, but he didn't he didn't respond to us um, we managed to sort of break our way into the door and then he's dangling by a shoelace on his shower rail um, and he's pretty much unconscious at this point um, his eyes are bulging out his head and he's white as a ghost um, my colleague Kerry lifted him up while well, I managed to get my fingers under this really tight shoelace round his neck and I managed to pull it over his chin um, he flopped to the floor um, and we obviously put him in a recovery position um, called the paramedics during this time um, and he was breathing so we knew that he was sort of still with us but his breathing was getting very shallow so we knew sort of like we need to act fucking fast and gave him all the first aid that he needed um, and then luckily the ambulance came within five to ten minutes because it was in like the Nacton area in Ipswich so it was quite quick close to the hospital type thing um, they then came and managed to bring him round so he was conscious and sort of awake and aware but he didn't really know what was going on um, they took him to the hospital and obviously treated him there for a couple of days and then he got released um, and then to start with he was a bit um, it was a bit I don't think he realised what he'd done mm. it, I think it was an attention thing gone bad from what he was saying mm. so he knew what time his welfare checks were and things like this and so he knew it was coming around that sort of time so he was sort of saying to us um, that he, he knew we were coming at so and so time he tried to sort of get attention from us by hanging himself that was an attention thing mm. but it was an attention thing that went wrong because he thought he'd be able to stop himself hanging for a certain period of time but in matter of fact it made him unconscious to the point where he couldn't save himself mm. so that that was very fucked up it really hurt us you know what I mean because why should someone need that much attention mm. or not not need that much everyone needs that much attention he clearly did need that much attention mm. but he shouldn't have gone that way to get the attention if that makes yeah, sense yeah it just shows that he wasn't in his right he mind, wasn't and this is a 17 year old boy do you know what I mean yeah lost and scared it's, it's fucking horrible it's horrible and I've seen it and I've seen so much self harm within mm. these and it's so local and so close and it's everywhere and it, it's it's scary because the younger generation now is seeing self-harm as a trend as well and that, that's scaring me a little bit mm. like all these these cuts on the arms and things like that a lot of people are doing it and posting it on social media it's and kind of it, it is mm. a lot more common than what it used to be and people like to show off their scars and things like that to show they're going through pain because they want the attention mm. why isn't the attention there for them in general if they're, they're struggling do you know mm. what I mean especially kids in care mm. but Obviously, there were there is some good news to the Silas story. He obviously um, managed to grow up a little bit and sort of um, understand and accepted what he done was wrong. Mm. And I, I praised him so fucking much for that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But he then, within the next month or two, he was getting himself a job and sort of making amends with his family and things like that and starting to have a better life. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately I left that job to do something else and obviously what I'd like to think is he's on a good path now yeah but do you like also think about it oh, I think about it all the time all the yeah. time mm -hmm. but I don't let it affect me 
because yeah. it's one of those things I can't let it affect me. Yeah. You can't. No, you not can't. at all. Because they're responsible for their own actions. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Just like I was. Do you know yeah, what I mean? And everyone else. Yeah. You, know, you, you you take take some pride in the fact you've done some good work there and you've made a difference with someone. Exactly. But past that point, that's that's kind of down to them. Exactly. Yeah. That's, and that's adulthood life now. It's up to it's, them to yeah, choose their path. Similar so. to yourself, you've had to take ownership of your actions yeah. and, and and change your life. You've done enough, haven't you? And um, if you if like you'd like to think oh that's me <laughs> sorry I'm unprofessional Jesus <laughs> it's always one isn't sorry. it sorry <laughs> my phone so again I'm going to see him out and about sometimes yeah. but there are so many young people going in and out of care as well it's, and it's got to be so fucking hard for a man yeah. there's so many so much neglect in regards to these young people this younger generation yeah. it's not as bad as what it used to be and it's sad, but it is what it is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot, a lot of different stories out there, isn't there? So yeah. many different things. You, yeah, yeah, you the, see the, a lot of it. Don't yeah, you? The, sad, the sad side of it is um, quite often those people don't get the support and they don't get the care uh-huh. they need. So where you're at now in your life, where, where obviously you've got this fitness instructor thing, mm-hmm. your mindset on that. Yeah, yeah. Have you got any advice to sort of people, young people who are sort of similar situation as you, where you were at? I mean, just don't fall for the bullshit, basically, especially if you're trying to mingle in with older people. I mean, it's really hard to sort of understand when you are that young because you don't really know, you haven't had no life experience, so you don't know what whether people are fake or whether they're real. So it's just about being wary with yourself and trusting your instincts. So if you feel something is wrong, it's more than likely fucking wrong. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And you've got to learn to trust your own instincts and really fucking go for it. I mean, to, for me now, looking back at the person I was, it's fucking scary because it's a completely different person to who I am now especially when I was a teenager my mindset was fucking mad it was it was like a fucking blazing fire do you know what I mean I didn't know where I was where I was going what I was doing but what you need to do as a young person is have a plan you can't not have a plan realistically in this day and age you can't just wing it because winging it can lead you into fucking random shit that you don't want to be in and that's what happened to me I winged winged it straight after school um but yeah, that, that, that's my advice is don't wing it, have a plan, set goals and move forward with them goals. It's that simple. Nice one, mate. Thank you so much for well, coming thank on. Thank you. Yeah, really appreciate it, mate. Yeah. Thank you.